Yeah. 
Those who are mining for gold Get prematurely old Trying not to disappear But me, I'm just a ditch digger When I'm gone Forget that I was here I think we now should be able to hear you. Maybe. Hmm. Oh, I know. I know what it is. I know what it is. I have to do this every time. I have to choose my, like, my speakers to be my... Yeah, there we go. Okay. Every time I have to do that. <laughs> Am I coming through now? Yes, we are good. Good to go now. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I was going to just do a quick little intro for you, if that's okay. Totally. An awkwardly sort of like uh, rehearsed intro. Um, all right. So uh, good morning, students, everybody. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Um, we've got a good turnout. That's really great. Thank you. Uh, and we are really kind of like, this is a very special class because we've got a special guest with us today. Um, Tyler Lyle is the creator of the Secret Layer podcast, the thing that we've been listening to for the last couple of weeks together and working with. Um, the Secret Layer is a monthly exploration of topics ranging from how to be a professional creative to how to drink whiskey and everything kind of in between those two uh, things. Uh, Tyler started it back in January of 2016, and it really represents the journey of the creative, um, sort of an open source view of the process of cultivating a creative life practice, uh, complete with beautiful music, extensively researched topics, and top-notch podcast production. As a singer-songwriter, uh, Tyler's work is as varied as it is prolific. The Golden Age and the Silver Girl was named as one of the top 10 of the year by NPR after its release in 2011. You're probably sick of hearing that quote, Tyler. Um, the, golden, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the native genius of desert plants is hailed as perfect at any volume, any purpose, any time. Perfect and timeless, I would totally agree with that. And his most recent solo venture, The Floating Years, is a brilliant examination of life, love, and making choices. Um, and if you need any more proof of how awesome it is, just look at the Bandcamp reviews. Um, Tyler is also half of the band called The Midnight. Um, I could spend the whole 40 minutes talking about The Midnight and how great The Midnight is, but if I did that, we wouldn't have any time to talk about anything else, so I'm not going to do that. But go check out The Midnight, because they're awesome too. Um, thank you, uh, Mr. Lyle, for, for being here today. It's a true honor. Justin's fine. I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the norms are for the. <laughs> um, so a little bit of background, I guess, to kind of get things started for us today. Um, this is a, a this course is called You Write 1104. This is a first year writing course at, at UNC Charlotte. Um, so we're here in Charlotte and you know, obviously things are kind of weird this time around just because of everything that's going on right now and, and COVID. And, and so this time we, we did the course asynchronously and online. But the point of the course is to kind of uh, prepare students to become, become writers. And, and as I myself personally kind of got into the secret layer over the last year or so and found it and, and listened to it, uh, it, it became very clear to me that the secret layer and the topics that you cover and the process that you... I feel kind of went through to create that is very much in, t in tune with what we're trying to do in our first year writing program. And so I thought using the secret layer as 
um, sort of a textbook, I guess, for the class would be a really useful thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, what, what do you think? Do you think there's a, I guess we can start there. Like, do you see overlaps between your work on the secret layer and maybe what a first year writing student might be going through in a first year writing course? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the work that I do now that is, um, on the subject of, of creativity is largely directed at myself when I was 21, 22 years old and just starting out on this journey, um, a lot of things that I wish I knew, like you need to create rituals for yourself. You need to, you need to put habits in your day where your brain just knows that you're going to be at that open page for, for a set amount of time. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think it lines up perfectly because these are sort of the habits that tease out the, the more, sort of creative and soul-based and spiritual aspects of, of your own personality. And those are things that you don't generally learn in, in an academic setting. Um, and so I think creative writing is one of those, you know, sort of outlying um, courses where, where you do get to integrate all of these sort of deeper and weirder um, parts of yourself into, into an idea of a personal pursuit. So yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I totally agree there. I, th I, I think, that is absolutely a big part of our curriculum and sort of a part of our uh, objective in the course is this idea of identity. Um, and I know that you kind of tap into this, it's threaded throughout so much of the secret layer, the idea of, of who you are and discovering who you are and, and you know, what makes you who you are. And so we really try to think about that in terms of like a writing identity um, in our curriculum and sort of help students understand that writing is more than just a, I don't know, like a, thing that you learn it's not like a it's not like a tangible skill in a way it's not like you know directions for repairing a broken you know faucet or something like there's an identity to it right there's like a there's something that you have to allow into yourself to become a writer um so I, yeah um and, and we've been having a ton of fun we we chose four episodes uh to listen to so we did secret agent which is episode one it must be weird is it weird for you to like like that's it's a long time since you've made that, right? Like, is it weird to like look look back and listen to that again, or to hear people talking about that? Yeah, I listened to it again um, recently um, because I was th thinking about starting the secret layer back again. It's been over four years. Um, yeah, it, it very much speaks to where I was at the time. Yeah, totally. It's so funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, cool. Um, so we did that one, uh, and then I thought the gift and the fool was a perfect. Uh, choice because it talks so much about creativity and 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 sort of honing those habits that you just mentioned and then the rise and fall of creative New York I just thought was great too because you know as college students I think it is this sense of uh, environment change especially in that first year you know like connecting with new people seeing new folks um, that sense of a diverse community and then we're kind of working on road trip this week um, so we're in, this is week four, so we're doing road trip this week, so we can talk about a little bit about that. But um, yeah, before we get any, any deeper into us just chit-chatting, uh, do, does anyone in the class, do we want to start off with some questions or some just, uh, just to say hi, or you're welcome to unmute yourself and talk. Like, this doesn't have to be Justin and Tyler and then people watching us just talk. Uh, so please feel free to unmute and say anything you'd like or say hi. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous, so... I'm a little ch chattery. <laughs> Let's see if the chat is saying anything. 
it's so weird. Like this, this zooming, like a lot of my colleagues have, have felt like really, um, challenged by this. And I felt like perfectly comfortable because I've, I've spent three years doing Twitch streaming. Um, <laughs> um, so some people are saying hi in the chat. Can you, you can see the chat, right, Tyler? I can. Hi. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. We're talking about creative communities. College really is that time where you have that time and space in your life to to butt up against other people's lives in such a way that you kind of don't in most other times in your life. You're on a, on another trajectory, whether that's career or family. And you just don't have time to like hang out and have unproductive space, you know, unproductive community. Um, and so I, I, I love that Zoom exists. Like, God, how, how could anything, uh, you know, happen if it didn't? right now uh, but also there's something to the idea that everybody is sort of uh alone together here that um i don't know it seems a little um i, I hope that this pandemic lifts and that you guys get to have uh together time because it's really it's really special and important to be able to like you know uh do all the do all the crazy things that you can do in your life when you're in your early 20s late teens yeah oh thank you very much yeah, I hope I hope folks have also been we've been you know I've just been embedding the 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 secret layer uh, thing from Bandcamp into our class, and so hopefully they've had a chance to listen to some of the music too because the music it kind of all goes together, you know. Um, but yeah, I agree. Um, getting getting back to that that experience of college life for for everyone I think is going to be important. I hope we get back to that sometime. I know I, I know I miss it too. Like, you know, I, I don't, I, I miss going to work. I miss like the commute. I miss like that routine, right? Like I miss that ritual. I'm sure everyone has their own rituals that they're missing right now, but yeah. Um, so I don't know if, it looks like you did have a chance to take a look at the secret spreadsheet. Um, yeah, yeah. You, want to, you want me to lead off? Uh, sure, sure, please feel free. So a lot of people were, uh, thought that my beliefs about self-help books were controversial, yes. <laughs> which I personally enjoy. Um, it's, I'm kind of riffing off this idea that Friedrich Nietzsche said that the only people who should write are people who um, uh, basically have to write, who, who you know, it, it just, they, they are so compelled that they are embarrassed that they have to write. It's just a, it's just a, um, it's just a stream and they can't control it. And they know that, you know, maybe I shouldn't be writing this because it demands so much of other people's attention and time. And look at me, my name's on the cover of this thing. You know, there are so many pitfalls, right? To, to wanting to write a self-help book, right? So you, you know, if, if you're uh, writing the secret, um, you know, which I'm sure is very helpful to a lot of people, but like, making that your like multi-million dollar enterprise with your um uh you know conferences and seminars and 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 like trying to that like that's one career path and you can go that way and i'm and i i don't really mean to diss the the self-help industry I, I read those books all the time um but it seems to me that the ones that have weight and have heft uh are, are the ones that sort of kick off with the with the author being like i 
I've been holding this in for a long time. I didn't really want to say it, but you know, I got this question from a student, or you know, um, you know, my friend who works at this publisher said, "God, you know, you told me about that your creative rituals, and I just really would love for you to write about, um, you know, what what you have to, what what you've been talking about all these years, or." Murakami talking about his his running. You you can tell it comes from a place of love. You can tell that you're not being um, uh, you're being sold something that was personally meaningful. Um, and so um, I don't know. All that to say, um, there. I, I don't really mean to crap on self help books. Uh, that you know there use them for what they were meant to be used for. I've, I have read the, the, the beautiful magic of, of tidying up or whatever that book is called, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it serves a purpose in the world, but, um, you know, for our purpose, it's a little deeper and a little more, the kernel is what is necessary for you. Like, like what is, um, Joseph Campbell has this, uh, quote, the cave, uh, that you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And so I'm I'm interested in self discovery as a as a uh, a a pursuit of of courage, right? Of, of like the old hero, uh, you know, searching for the Grail or searching for the you know Atlantis or what like it, like an Indiana Jones pursuit to to dig up the buried treasure that's inside of us. And the more you start churning, like I've started um, working on season two of the secret layer and um there's this um instance in in hindu mythology it's in the mahabharata um where basically the gods battle over this mountain and they're they're having this tug of war with a snake in the middle wrapped around this mountain and they're churning the ocean um and this is how the world is made but out from the bottom of the ocean come all of these strange things like bows and arrows and uh poison and nectar and flowers and gems and jewels and all sorts of, you know, <clears throat> weird ephemera. And I think that that is, um, you know, that's what you're doing with creative writing. That's what I'm doing with the secret layer is, is just making myself do a certain amount of work, having a tug of war um, with myself and seeing what kind of bubbles up from this third space that I wasn't anticipating. I, I love that that story you just told it. it it reminds me of this sort of concept in at least in my like you know sphere of, of the world where like this idea of cognitive dissonance right where like I, I try to promote this all the time with my students and it, unfortunately it butts up against a lot of the pedagogical values that a lot of higher education holds true you know like they don't want you to they don't want you to churn the sea up they want you to like make make it very clear like where everything is at all times right yeah, and so I, I don't know, I, 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 that really rings true because I, I love that idea of like, put it all in a jar and shake the jar and, and then like watch it settle. Like that's, that's how I like to teach. Um, and I, I think if we can kind of embrace that as, as writers too, I think that's really important. I think I see a lot of students sort of come through the first year writing program at UNC Charlotte and they're very like tied into this notion of what like an essay is supposed to be, for example. Like it has to be this very specific thing. Um, and I work really hard to like break that a little bit. Um, but yeah, that, that's so cool. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you're working on the next part of the secret layer. It's, it, it, I'm sure that you're kind of maybe, because we're doing our own secret layer sort of project in the course, right? Cool, cool. So maybe you're in, at the same 
sort of place to where trying. I know one of the one of the hallmark features that really makes the secret layer special for me is that sort of the you can tell the time that you take to really research your material. And I know you're an avid reader. Um, I don't know if you know. I would love for everyone to read as much as you do, but I don't know if everyone reads as much as you do. But um, that aspect of like researching the material and really bringing in different voices to the epi to the episodes is really like what made it stand out to me in a major way. And that's something I'm trying to help my students get, get comfortable with is like bringing in all of these voices to help to add to the conversation about whatever topic um, we're working on. So are, are you doing any of that right now for this, for this new uh, secret layer stuff that you're working on? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I should, zoom back a little bit uh, and talk about why the secret layer was created to begin with. So um, like your, your teacher said, um, I've, I've been a, you know, I started off, uh, my degree was in philosophy. I held every crappy job that you can from construction to laying sod to, you know, delivering hamburgers. Um, and I, in the meantime, I was always writing songs. And so I, moved to, to Los Angeles when I was uh, about uh, 10 years younger than I am now and, and signed a, a publishing deal and um, had, a, had a bit of a start to a music career. And then uh, my wife and I got married, uh, moved to New York, and I put out a record called The Native Genius of Desert Plants. I toured it for six months, had a big team of people behind me, and I didn't make that team of people any money. So they all fired me around the same time. And I had to kind of go back to square one with myself. And um, up until that point, I had been looking for affirmation from the outside to, to sort of confer legitimacy upon me, um, i.e. to give me work and give me money and give me you know, status and all that stuff. Um, but after everybody left and, and fired me, essentially, um, I was stuck with the idea, well, what, what do I do now? What, what can I do now? And so this idea of reading some books and, and thinking about my process and setting aside 40 hours a week to work through this, this creative question um, became the secret layer. And, and I did it in 30 episodes, I believe, from January 2016 until my son was born in, uh, in May 2018. So it's... Um, a lot of you guys asked the, the, uh, about the name of, of it. Um, I, I was going to call it hand-drawn maps because I didn't know where I, where I was going. Uh, but I just released the, the Native Genius of Desert Plants, and I was tired of, of um, stuffy, you know, um, trying to be clever-sounding names. So I went to this... Um, uh, uh, just uh, uh, two weeks before it was going to premiere, I, I went to this James Bond themed New Year's party in New York. And the point was to like, they had casino games where you played with fake money, but the prize was to get clues to get to the secret layer. And the secret layer was offsite. And, you know, I got really lucky on a roulette spin and, uh, and I knew, um, and I knew the password, but I didn't know where the secret layer was. And so I followed this group that looked like they were uh, leaving and they knew where the secret layer was. And so my wife and I followed them and 
went in and it was this awesome space with a jazz band playing and uh and so much like foliage and it was just the coolest place to be and so everybody wants to be in the secret layer and so i thought you know what let's just make a nod to it being a fun uh a fun quest to like find that secret space and so um that's that's why it's named what it, what it's named um but out of this churning out of this sort of wrestling with myself um you know with the, my my other music project, The Midnight, it was you know started to to rise a little bit, and we were touring, and my wife and I had a baby, and a lot of this life change stuff happened. But by the end of it, I'd written nearly two hundred songs and read, you know, probably a hundred books or so, um, and it was it was just a really compelling reminder that you, if you kind of dig into yourself all sorts of weird things float up to the surface. And some of those things are good and some of those things are challenging and demand more work. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what I was answering there, but. Um, I think we were just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, I think, I think we were just, I think you were just kind of getting to the idea of like the inception of the secret layer and kind of thinking about moving into like the season two of it since we're about to move into season two, our, our own season of The Secret Layer, you know, where yours kind of started off. Right, yes. So the, the next season, I know exactly how long I want it to be, and I want it to just be pleasurable. I, I, uh, the, the initial Secret Layer was so fun because it, it was work that I was directing myself to do. And, and um, the next season, it, it's all gonna be based on, on archetypes um, season two, episode one is called The Nectar. Um, I think the masks are going to be uh, episode two. And it's just things that I really want to dig into. And I want the whole experience from, um, I'm going to pay more attention to the artwork this time. I'm going to pay more attention to um, the quality of the recorded song. Um, but the whole thing just needs to be pleasurable. And so far it has been. I've been working on it for about a month now. and um, and the wisdom that I've gained is that if you love it, it will be good. Even if it's not, um, you know, executed perfectly well. Um, I, I think what, what is truly conveyed is that, that I am interested in asking these questions and finding the answers in myself. And so it's, um, it's, it's so much fun. And that's, I think, the most important sort of fundamental ingredient to it. Well, the rain just started falling, started falling, started falling Didn't need no one to call it expedited or installed Watering the dry ground, sending flowers inbound to the wide world And it didn't take no big computers, no folk singers, no requests from the president And all that time we spent bitching, well, we could have been laughing. And so
just sort of touched on if I had to give one piece of advice over all others to my students in these writing courses it would be what you just said that if it's if you love it it will be good um like uh, that's all I ever that's the only song I sing in, in my courses is like 
pick, you know, do work that you love. Work that you love is what's going to make for good writing. If you're writing about something just to uh, complete an assignment or just to do something, it's just going to feel artificial and, and no one's going to want to engage with that. And I, I can't stress that enough. Like, that's great how you just said that. So I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to, to, it'll be fun to kind of, for us to watch the secret layer season two develop as we are developing our own secret layers. Um, so it's a really, really cool timing on that. Um, does anybody have any questions for Tyler, um, here sort of in the, I guess maybe around the midpoint, maybe the, I guess we're maybe in the third act of the, of the show here. I'm not quite sure, but, um, does anybody have any questions? Feel free to, I can unmute or you can unmute. I, I, I joked with my six-year-old's, uh, teacher a few weeks ago. I said, I, when this is all over, I am buying you a t-shirt that says unmute yourself. Because that's all I hear for the two-hour online school session is with with first graders is unmute yourself, unmute yourself. <laughs> are you how, are you doing any of that with with your? With uh, your I have son? a two-year-old. Thank goodness he's he's sort of young enough to not not be stuck on on Zoom preschool yet. I don't think that that would be a, I don't think that that would work quite yet. But yeah, <laughs> Zoom preschool. <laughs> There's a question. Um, what did you do at the beginning of your writing career and how did you come to enjoy it, right? <clears throat> so Henry Miller has this quote that I really like, everything is gestation and birthing. And that's, that's kind of the whole of, of everyone's journey, I think. Um, you, you, don't know, you don't know what you don't know to start out. And it takes such a long time to, to sort of know yourself. And I think that the the trajectory is that you have to know yourself to learn to love yourself so that you can essentially escape yourself into uh, a creative act, into flow, into the care of other people. Um, and I think that that's a, a progression that takes a long time. Um, so at the beginning of my writing career, I was just trying to emulate other people whose work that I liked. And, um, and I was always upset that I never quite rose to the, uh, rose to the occasion. <laughs> And after many years of, of kind of churning, um, I, I started to recognize a voice that sounded like mine. And, um, and when, you, when you follow that you know, very thin thread, um, the, the strangest fruit you know, grows from the ledge. Uh, and so you can, so you, know, you sort of give yourself permission and you give yourself confidence. Um, so much of what we're taught is, is so, so fundamentally wrong you do need to learn the the fundamentals you do need to learn the rules so that you can break them um and and that's you know the most annoying part is you want to sort of circumvent that you want to sort of cheat in the beginning you're like well i don't have to do this i remember telling my piano teacher when i was a kid i don't like the way that music is notated i'm just going to create my own system <laughs> and that was the wrong move i needed to learn music notation first um but there's this book that I'm reading for the, for, for the new one, uh, Effortless Mastery by Kenny Warner. And if anybody's a, a, a jazz musician, it's, it's great. But his whole premise is that you have to learn the fundamentals, but when you come to the piano, it should, you should feel such rest and serenity and rejuvenation, and it should not feel like work. Um, if you have prepped yourself and you know yourself, 
then the piano plays itself, um, you know, from the deeper realms of your, of your subconscious. Uh, he calls it the space. Um, another psychologist that I, I mentioned, I think on The Gift and the Fool is Mihai Cheeksit Mihai, who calls it flow. Um, but it, it should be this sort of calming, um, restful thing. It shouldn't be work, even though you're paid to kind of show up and play the, play the part. You know, an actor who, who is on camera reading his, memorizing his lines to read them, you know, needs to know them so that he can sort of escape them, so that he can throw them away in essence and lose himself in it. Um, what is your song creation process like? Um, so it's all different things. Uh, I, I am a lyric writer first. And so when I was younger, I'm 34 now. When I was in my early 20s, I used, used to start with the concept with a theme and then I would try and write around it. That kind of takes a long time. Um, now I like, I like to start with melodies, but it, it tends to work best when, when they come together, when it's, when it's a pretty, pretty quick marriage, um, you know, it, within a few seconds that there's some kind of fundamental, um, they call it prosody, where, where the lyrics and melody kind of, kind of mesh into a, uh, into, uh, into a skeleton. It works best when it's magic <laughs> or when the keys play themselves. Winter's full cuckoo garden Mapping out these shining stars And over courts to point this art And reaching through the vast expanse of sky Oh, holy night And you always ask me how and why And I always answer Pourquoi pas, we are young and we are free And all the world rests at our feet and why Two is four. 
honest heart with every bit of life you have and it's all My researching process is, uh, is so I, I don't have a higher education. I mean, I, I have a, a bachelor's degree in philosophy, which I, you know, I was a B student in college. I'm not an academic. I, I am not a, an especially sort of clever sort. I don't research things well, right? Um, the, the Secret Layer has basically been my own uh, creative writing course for myself. Um, all, all these years. So um, my, my research has just been to sort of find the shining things and, and to dig into those. And, and the things that I love usually end up making it on, onto the page somehow. And the things that I, I don't end up caring about, um, you know, fall by the wayside, which I think is, is, is better for, for everybody involved. So uh, I, my research process is, is just genuinely being interested in, in answering a question as best as I can. Yeah. So thank you so much for all those amazing uh, responses to those questions. And thank you students for asking those questions. Those are really good questions. So there's some of, absolutely some of the things I wanted to get to. And it's really interesting, a couple of things. Um, hearing you talk about, you, you quote, you use that line about the strangest fruit grows from the ledge, which it's great. Um, and it's funny, cause like I'm hearing you talk about like the deep churning now, like the oceans, so maybe, I don't know, maybe we've moved from the ledge and there's some strange weird ephemera you said that earlier too like i'm waiting and there's going to be a song somewhere down the line called weird ephemera but um <laughs> we've moved into the ocean now we're 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 maybe away from that fear of choice on the ledge and now we're we're down into the the blindness that is the ocean and trying to find so anyway i'm sorry i'm just i'm just oh i like that i like well the secret agent was was the fear of the ledge right it was right. the uh, of freedom and i guess we're, we're past the ledge now yeah we've 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 dove we've jumped into the water i, guess. I don't know um and then the other thing you said oh what did you say um the the thing about and this is like i heard it was like my own words echoing back to me you have to learn the rules to be able to break them I say that to everyone that will listen like nonstop all the time. Um, and we do a lot of that. Like one of our learning outcomes, of course, is, you know, knowledge of conventions. And so we, we learn about what an essay looks like, what a podcast looks like, what a digital website looks like. And then once we've, once we've sort of imbued those, those conventions into our, into our, our, our repertoire, then we can start to bend them a little bit and play with them and mess around with them. And, and the way you describe that, that idea of like, 
have like feeling it and feeling like comfortable and, and making it doing this work that then makes once you once you're into it and once you've kind of learned it makes you feel calm and makes you feel good when you're doing it that's where i hope our writing students will get to one day um i'm still trying to get there like i i, I do enjoy like when i'm writing you know I, I like to do some creative fiction work um i have a couple of novels or whatever that i've that i've done but like but but that always felt it never felt like work to me um, the stuff I'm doing now, like all this Twitch streaming and YouTube videos and just goofing around on the internet while I have, while I'm just home, uh, that, that, that doesn't feel like work. That, that's just, that's like fun work, right? So I want writing somehow to feel like that fun, this fun work idea, um, is really, really good. Um, Kenny, again, uh, Kenny Warner in, in Effortless Mastery talks about how you don't want to get to a place in jazz improvisation where you want to go into a space, but there's a huge knowledge gap. And so you're stuck, your flow gets interrupted. And so you approach um, the conventions, the rules um, with a sense of like love and sort of wanting to devour them so that when you are in the space, when you're in the flow, that it doesn't get interrupted. You wanna use every tool at your disposal to create that, you know, that, that personal imprint that you need to express. Um, and to do that, you, you kind of have to fill in your knowledge, which is good for me to hear too, because I mean, there are so many big gaps in my knowledge musically. I'm not a great producer. I'm not a great, you know, instrumentalist. I always approached it from three chords and the truth. And I, I, I dug that well pretty deep, but I, I, I didn't branch out very far from that. So now I'm like, what, what else could I do if I, you know, learn to learn to play bass and program drums and like, what does a song look like if I if I opened up some more tools for myself? And and rather than that, you know, stifling me, it, it, it encourages me. And so whatever you're trying to do in your life, I would say, um, learn as much as you can um, so that you can trick the process, if you will, you know, so that you can you can learn how to get away with more. If you become an expert on the thing, then then you get to make that thing your own. And that's so exciting and so freeing and it takes a long time to do. But, um, but I would say, um, you know, if I could go back and tell myself something, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, it would be just learn everything. Um, you know, everything that's interesting, everything that feels tedious, you will be able to consume it and use it one day to, um, to create sort of the most free and, and flowing and interesting and, and, you know, shining version of whatever you're, whatever you're doing, whether that's in business or whether that's in, in, you know, the field of creativity or, or, or whatever you're doing. I, I love, I love that. I think that's so true. I think that's, you know, I think that's the key, right? Like I, I mentioned earlier how I have felt very comfortable in these online teaching spaces because for 15 years, I've been like a champion of digital and online teaching pedagogy. And so like, I've spent 15 years like really learning how to do all that stuff and feeling really comfortable in those spaces. And so finding myself here now, I, I feel like I can just riff and just like do whatever I want to do in these online spaces and create course material and content that's engaging and interesting and not have to think about that too much. And then not having to think about that too much frees me up to be able to do other stuff. So like, I think this concept is applicable to, to really everything. Like, and I love what you just said about learn it so that you can kind of make it your own. Um, I think that's really important, especially, you know, especially for writers. You know, we got to learn, learn the, the tedious stuff so that you can make it become fun work. Um, we're kind of we're getting close, I think, to the 40 minute mark, which I think is what we had aimed for for this session. Um, 
I don't know how we want to end. Like, I don't know what the last part of this is. We could have some more questions. Um, I could put in a request for the Secret Layer Christmas album to be released to the world. Um, I don't know. <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to touch on, Tyler? Let's see. I made a couple notes off after reading questions. Um, somebody asked what creativity was, and I and I thought that that's such. God, it's. I recognize how me sort of droning on about creativity as a, as a, as a professional creative, it sort of feels divorced from the real world and divorced from, you know, like I got to wake up and I got to go to go, you know, do, do courses that I'm less than stoked about today. Um, or I got to wake up and go to a job. And then like, like normal lives are so often packed full of unfun things. Um, that the pursuit of, of creativity is sort of the last bastion of a secular spiritual pursuit that we, that we have. It, it's, you know, it's what it's, it's, you know, it's mysticism or it's depth psychology or it's art history, or it's, it's, it's whatever thing that makes you feel alive. Dig into that. There's, um, uh, a macroeconomist from George Mason University, Tyler Cowan. And he talks about the best way, we need to be learning systems. That's just kind of what, as, as humans, we need to understand all of the component parts to a system. And those systems, when you're younger should be smaller and when you're a little older should be bigger and grander and, and of your own making. I, uh, I don't know if you can see, um, that's, this is my modular synth. Each little part of this thing is a, is a is a is a little cog and i get to put the machine together in a way that uh serves my aims and purposes um but tyler cowan says that the best way to learn a whole system is to ask a very specific question he talks about like fashion in france in the 1800s like if you dig into that one really specific area you're gonna learn a ton about textile trade and about and about the history of war in western europe and and like all of these things that you didn't intend to learn you're just going to absorb through osmosis from asking a very specific kind of kind of pinhole question um and and i think i i somebody said that that um they were wrestling with this idea where i where i said everybody is interested in something right some Sometimes it takes some some time to figure that out, but I think you know, un unless we are like so anesthetized by our phones and Netflix and and like you know avoiding plans, like somebody's interested in in retro video games or somebody's it, like, I I I'm so stoked to play this new Tony Hawk uh, one and two remaster. Like it puts me it like it, it creates love in me, right? Um, I saw Dave Grohl give a South by Southwest talk uh, a few years ago where he said, screw guilty pleasure. There, there's no guilty pleasure. What is that thing that makes you just stoked? Dig into that thing. Um, I, I think in the, the podcast, I, I talked about um, the guy who started Analog Africa or, um, or Hero, the guy who makes sushi. Like everybody has something that's interesting. Um, and maybe you need to spend some time in, in, in silence or meditation, like honestly kind of digging towards that. But, um, 
if you can find that little pinhole of, of light and, and go towards it, whole systems will open up. And that's kind of, um, there's this line that I stole from, from some smart person a long time ago, all of the way up to heaven is heaven. And uh, in your pursuits, they should be joyous. They should be full of life and they should invigorate you to keep going. Um, I'm not a religious person at all, but I grew up in the church and there's this saying where Jesus says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I, and I think the tasting and the seeing is like jumping into that pinhole of light and, um, and, and seeing how expansive it is and how it sort of perpetually refills itself with, with, with life. And it's easy, you know, everybody gets depressed and everybody falls off. So don't, uh, you know, think that it's, it's always easy or always fun, but, um, but that the pursuit should be restorative and it should sort of reinvigorate you towards, you know, the pursuit for the next day. So that's, that's my encouragement, but, um, yeah, find, find the shining things. And I think that that's great. And I think that's exactly the sort of inspiration that we need and sort of like the guidepost to, to move forward in the course and to start creating our own, uh, our own versions of the secret layer, our own weekly, we're going to do about six or seven episodes. Um, cool. and yeah, if, if, if there's one takeaway message, it's, it's do what Tyler just said and, and sort of find that thing that, you know, that is pleasurable, that is you're excited about. And that's what your, that's what your episode is going to be about. Um, and that's awesome. Well, we're about at the time, um, a huge and, and just sincere thank you, Tyler, for being here today. It's just so cool that, that you agreed to do this. And like, it's just, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm doing my best to not come off as like super starstruck and like, but like, it, it is really cool that you're here. So thank you. Thank you so much. Not at all. And, and guys, there, there are, you know, there's an appropriately small enough number of people on here. Um, I'll, I'll give Justin my email. And if anybody wants to reach out and ask any questions personally, something that they're wrestling with, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a resource. So um, thank you guys. We're all on the same journey here, right? Yeah, for sure. That's that's so kind of you. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, thank you for your Secret Layer episodes. Thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, thanks for everything. And um, yeah, that's it. Happy Monday, guys. Yeah, happy Monday. Thank you so much, everybody. This is the best thing ever. I'll see you next time. All right, bye. Bye. shaman in a bushwick apartment and hoped that he might take away my tears he said tears are part of the package as he dosed me with some acid and said the wolf will speak when you can hear and i was sitting on a mountain looking at the boundary i saw a shepherd pass along the ledge and I joined her at her fire as I sat down beside her I said, Shepherd, why am I here? She said, whatever you have to give, give it up For whatever you have to give is enough The secret is a circuit, the brush fire blooms, the orchid, the tomb, the cradle and the then I wandered to the levee where an old farmer met me I said, old man, what's a life supposed to mean? 
He said, you just make the dirt say beans Instead of grass and weeds And you die when you get as old as me But a poet passing by He said, no one ever dies We just fold it back together in the sea I said, yeah, but how do I survive? He said, a little at a time I said, a little He said, a little is all you need But whatever you have to give, give it up For whatever you have to give is enough The secret is a circuit, incomplete and perfect too The cradle and the blue The wolf was waiting for me in his dark and solemn glory His eyes were sharp and his voice was razor clear Said you've trusted a deception And you lied to your reflection And the fiction you made cannot get you there To the end of being free There ain't nothing you can't leave Strip away till you feel both directions pull And then finally I believe As clear as I could see I was at once the shepherd and the wolf Whatever you have to give, give it up For whatever you have to give is enough The secret is a circuit, the sacred and the worthless The tomb, the cradle and the bloom I woke up in that apartment and said to that phony shaman Write this down before I forget We are as gods and as gods we are To start getting good at it